The measurables on this event do make it the biggest WrestleMania of all time. It's the biggest to ever happen. It's in Hollywood, a city that I went to at 19 years old that chewed me up, spit me out, and here I am able to come back and stand there in front of nearly 90,000 people. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. We're back here in Los Angeles, where the home of WrestleMania will be in just a few weeks. And this week on the show, we've got one of the headliners, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. And I couldn't be more excited to have him here. I'm a huge fan of his. If you saw my video when he returned at WrestleMania last year and I was in the crowd, you'll know that I'm clearly a fan of Cody Rhodes. But beyond that, uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted Cody Rhodes on the show this week is because uh, I've dealt with a pretty tough loss with the passing of my father recently. And when I was trying to figure out who I would want to have on the show with me this week, I wanted someone who could kind of relate with where I'm coming from and coming back to work and and kind of moving forward in life when you deal with a, a big loss of someone who is a big figure in your life. And obviously, Cody Rhodes knows that all too well with the passing of Dusty Rhodes. So, um, you know, I really, I wanted him on here because I think that loss is hard for everybody. I know that I'm not the only person who's ever dealt with loss or with grief. And I do think that sometimes when you hear other people talking about how it's affected them, it does make you feel a little less alone. So brief warning, we do get into a few sad topics on the subject of loss and dealing with the passing of your father. So if that's tough for you, you could fast forward a little bit, but I hope that it's a little bit cathartic for you to hear other people talking about it as well. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my conversation with the American Nightmare, the man who will be headlining WrestleMania in just a few weeks, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. And you're there in your fancy studio. Always appreciated. We're... And yeah, now we're going to act like we weren't speaking before you started the recording. So yes, thank you for having me in, in my studio. And a lot of the discussion that we might have previously had, hypothetically or theoretically, was that I, I will not do any of these interviews in my car. And I also am never going to wear the headphones. And some people are really big about wearing those headphones. I had to do them for Graves' deal, and I felt, I felt disgusting. Wait, so how are you – so, yeah, you don't have any – do you have an earpiece in right now? Or they just have the volume coming back? How are you doing he, – he, My man's just got the volume cranked up. That's it. I'm just I'm just hearing you through uh, what appears to be a uh, an Amazon speaker. Is that what we got there? Oh, it's a little better apparently. This, this technology is very sophisticated here at the studio. At your, very stu at, at your studio. Yes, at my studio <laughs> that uh, the bricks are, are – very uh signature here at my studio They're cut well okay let's get into this uh first and foremost uh i just want to say thank you like honestly dude uh, you know i'm pretty i'm pretty uh open on social media about what i've been going through these past few weeks and uh i just wanted to thank you for checking in on me a bunch like you didn't have to do that um but it really did help a lot just to have someone kind of like telling me to make sure i'm eating and drinking water and just kind of like being like a, a someone to talk to it, it was very helpful so i appreciate it Oh, uh, that, uh, I mean, I've, I've been, been there. Um, everyone's situation is different for sure. And, um, 
he just wanted to check in. And I, a lot of people surrounded me and reminded me to make sure you eat, make sure you sleep is working, helping is working, hurting. Uh, but you said, um, that I, I didn't need to do it. And that's an area where I, it's just the slightest of uh disagree. Whereas I, I, you're a, a comrade in, in what we do and not just in the company, you're a comrade in WWE, but you're a comrade in what we do. And I feel like that's maybe not needed, but it's what you're supposed to do. Um, that's the whole, the whole thing is that's why wrestlers, even if they're not wrestlers in the ring, shake hands at nauseam because I need you, you need me. That's what makes this all work, this fraternity and this infrastructure. So no, I was, uh, I just, I've been there, so I understand in whatever way I can. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep being there. Well, I I do appreciate it, and I totally know what you mean. Like after my brother passed away, I remember very much so, like pretty much every time I've ever seen anyone talk about dealing with some sort of loss, I try to reach out to all of them as well because it's just like. Yeah. When you've been in that situation, you just know what it's like. And even here, like I was like, I really wanted to come back and, and do my first show back with you just because you know so well about, you know, what it's like having to deal with that and just kind of like going back to work and this becoming your new normal and, and just kind of having to deal with that. And it's it's definitely not easy when someone who was such a big presence in your life is now yeah. out of it and it's this becomes your new normal, you know? Yeah, new normal is is a really is the 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 app way to to put it because it doesn't f feel normal ever but that's the new normal that it doesn't feel normal that that access to speak to them isn't there necessarily and that the memories you have are you're not making new memories um i actually i've, I've shared this a few times but uh, brody lee uh luke harper um he his his father had passed away when he was younger and I remember when I went through the experience with my dad, that was the big key advice he had given me. He told me, I said, it just seems crazy that everyone's moved on and they're and and everybody's talking about what they're doing in the next hour, whereas time has stood still for me. I remember him telling me that 10 years had passed for him at the time and nothing had changed. 10 years had passed and he felt the same exact way he did. Uh, and And that wasn't, it wasn't a negative or a positive. It was just like you said, that's the normal now. And, uh, and how we move forward is, uh, is, is the tricky thing. Yeah. When I went to the cemetery to deal with stuff with my dad, I went to go visit my brother and I needed to get like the map they give you. And when I realized yeah. that it was about to be 10 years since my brother had passed, I felt the exact same way where it was like, yeah, no, nothing's really changed. You, you know, you just, you, you learn to kind of live with it, you know, and it just kind of, is what it is you know with you i feel like you went back to work fairly soon after your dad passed right yeah actually um well I, I, it was not funny but I, I remember i i flew into chicago um we were we were getting into the nitty-gritty on potentially stardust versus uh steven amell uh from arrow and, and now my my good friend steven we were getting into that and we wanted to start work on it on television i flew to chicago and it was, uh, I think it was just a collector who caught me on a bad day, but somebody had come up to me and I wasn't uh, just there in that moment. Wasn't I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, so I did go back to work, but not actually I, I, I needed some some time. 
And I feel like looking back on it in hindsight, I wish I had immediately gone back to work because I, you've got to fill the time, right? You've got to, uh, you've got to fill the time and, and there's a cathartic element to doing interviews in the ring and a cathartic element to, to wrestling. I, it, to be totally transparent, one of the reasons I wrestle so violently um, I, I, people this Monday might have noticed I was bleeding a little from my forehead and um, me and uh, me and Chad Gable absolutely brought it to one another. One of the reasons I wrestle like that is because this is my cathartic uh, therapeutic thing that, that I do. I go out there with a really a lot in here uh, that I that I want to uh, kind of throw up uh, on the canvas. And that's just one of the reasons why more more than usual, if you watch me leaving uh, a ring that night, um, there's probably a chop mark or a scratch or a cut or, or something just because I uh, it's I, I, I like it. It, hel it helps me with everything in my life, all the different, uh, you know, things that we face on a, on a daily basis and anxieties and, and issues that we have. I mean, all, all wrestlers are the term isn't, you know, I don't mean to use it in a way that offends anybody, but we're all a little crazy. And one of the things that maybe keeps me from spinning out is I can get crazy in the ring. Yeah, I think when you have that creative outlet, I'm sure it helps a lot. And I yeah. think I think that even me, like, I didn't think I was going to be able to go back to podcasting. And the second I started doing it again, it was like I actually felt even more uh, in the zone than I would prior just because it was like I had – I just it was nice to finally start talking about something else and not just yeah. wallowing in sadness. And I think, you know, for you too, you know, and I think you're lucky in the fact that obviously it's terrible that your dad passed, but I think you're lucky in the fact that unlike most people, you just have like decades and decades of his work that you can go back and watch at any time when you need to pick me up too. And I'm sure that, you know, it would take you a very long time to get through all of it. So I think you're lucky in that sense as well. Oh, I mean, I, I there's this uh there's a whole library that I have access to that that Liberty will one day have access to of these things that uh, he did and how he did them. Um, and, and there's this whole side of uh, of mourning and grieving and loss that, you know, I always tell people if he if he just woke up tomorrow and I had to talk to him, I'd have a lot <laughs> uh, to explain. And a lot of decisions I made. Um, I felt more liberated in making those decisions than I perhaps would have had he still been alive. I mean, something as simple as, ha, I hate saying this, but I remember him telling me years and years ago, I wanted to switch to tights. And he told me that tights were for job guys. And, uh, and now I couldn't see myself ever putting on a pair of trunks ever again. So there's these little things and decisions he probably wouldn't have agreed with. Actually, there's a lot of them, but uh, you got to do it your own way. And, uh, him not being there, uh, I have had to be my own compass, and Brandy's been my compass. But that's a very good point about we have all that that footage, and and thankfully it's been preserved and taken care of, and and uh, it's something that all all his grandkids and everyone can go look at. You mentioned that, and now I'm thinking about his documentary, um, which will it'll air the Sunday uh, Superstar Sunday on A and E before. Uh, before WrestleMania, and that will be a, I'm very excited for people to see it. It's a whole new, there's, I wouldn't say secrets, but there's some long, 
rumored and discussed and theorized things that are confirmed here from some of the uh, top brass and, and biggest stars ever of our industry that really, I know me and my sister Teal, you know, Teal's always been the keeper of his legacy. We felt very validating, validated in seeing that and felt very almost avenged from people who, who didn't understand the, the, the many things that he did in his life. I'm excited to see that. That sounds great. Yeah, you guys have been working on yeah. that for a minute, I feel like. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, the director, Rob, has been, uh, he's been at it since, um, since I came back at, uh, at WrestleMania and even a little bit before. Um, he's, been, he's been back at it, done an outstanding job. Not somebody who's in-house uh, with WWE either, so he really, uh, you know, his, his artistic outlook on what it should be is very different from perhaps uh, just the simple story of Dusty, which has been told actually already. He took it a different direction, and I, I think people will be excited to see that direction. Where do you think the tattoo ranks in things that you'd have to explain to him? Mm. It would be right up there in one of the first discussions because it's one of the first things he's gonna uh, gonna see. Um, I mean, the presentation of me today, he'd need to see it in full. Like, I wouldn't just want to walk up to him and uh, and give him a hug and start talking about, uh, you know, the weather. I, I'd almost want him to see what an entrance of mine looks like today so he could probably take it all in and understand then and there, like, oh, the the American Nightmare. Ah, oh, the whole, oh, ah, I, I get it. I, I do think he'd probably think the tattoo is a little big, um, but, yeah, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a wrestler's kid. We do, we do crazy yeah, things. I was going to say, it's you said my, wrestlers are yeah. crazy already, so, yeah. Guys, yeah, you know, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all good. I, I think you need to see the full package, though, to uh, understand. Well, we're, I want to talk about YouTube, but I have one more question since you mentioned it. You know, there's this whole library of his content, and you mentioned yeah. his grandkids getting to watch it. Uh, and your your daughter, what do you think? What are some of the first like things when when she's old enough that you want to show her? Is there like a match or a promo that you want to be like, this was your grandpa, like this this is well, what he did? That's a very good uh, good question, and, and shockingly, it's not something I've necessarily thought of. I almost think I'd want her to watch the documentary coming up because then she could get it all, and if. You know, that's that's a little long winded for a, a kid with an attention span. You know, the tiny kid attention span uh, they have to take that uh, maybe that YouTube deep dive. I'll tell you what it won't be. I wouldn't do hard times. Um, hard times is its own thing. It's not my favorite of uh, the interviews that he ever did. I almost I almost think it would uh, I almost think it would maybe be battleground and just that clip of him. uh him giving Dean Ambrose uh, the bionic elbow, uh, just just so she knew uh, her pop, her her grandfather was pretty cool. It was a, a cool dude out there uh, uh, amongst all these uh, young wrestlers, and he was the one that got the place uh, standing and and feeling it um, that he was special. I think I'd show her. I think I'd show her that that clip. Perhaps simple, you know. This right now, Liberty's in the. For example, she really likes Grogu, but. There's no Grogu content for a kiddo. So what we do is just a video of uh, Grogu walking back and forth to the standing alive to the music. It's about three minutes. You can find it on YouTube real quick. That's all it is. It's just him walking. 
and the music playing and she eats it up. Absolutely loves it. So for my friends at Disney, uh, for Rosario Dawson and my friends who work in that world, please make some kid-friendly Grogu content, whether it's a Legos, Grogu, just something because, you know, I'm going to keep pushing this stuff on her, but I, I need it to be appropriate, you know? <laughs> I need it, no hands getting cut off until she's maybe four or five. You know, we got a few years to get in, right? I always think about that. Like, I was watching Terminator and, like, real. I watched, like, Exorcist when I was, like, eight, and I probably shouldn't have, yeah. shouldn't have. So, yeah, it's. I always wonder where, where I'll stand on that. You know, it's amazing that you watched that Exorcist at eight. I remember watching some things early on that I shouldn't have watched, but how we were able to get our hands on those things is always – What's crazy today? It's easy. Like, oh, any streaming site, any any smart TV, any tablet, any phone. I don't know how I was able to walk into a blockbuster or a Hollywood video or whatever and walk out with some of the movies that I, I walked out with. I'm just same same thing. I watched Exorcist real early and it had a deep resounding effect. Uh, Exorcist did on me. I didn't understand it. I was obviously scared by the basic scary elements of it, but I, there was like a there's obviously a deeper spiritual element of exorcist that I now it needs to be explained to me. What is this? What is this preacher doing? Why is this the case? Is it, is this how bad they are down there versus up there? Just a whole, yeah, it's a wild that we were able to get our hands on that stuff. Mine was my dad really thought that I was more mature than I was because he's the one who showed that to me. And I remember being like, this was a, a mm. lot. Like, this was too much. I don't think I should be watching. I had to be the one that was like, I don't think I should be watching this kind of stuff yet. I mean that's that's what dads do though they they the push they give you the little bit of a push to see what your your limits are. I know uh, I don't know if Chicken wants me sharing this or not, and this could be inaccurate. This is a story from my mom, but my mom said that they used to have a satellite dish uh, when they lived in the Carolinas, and that uh, that Dustin Chicken, my brother, he whenever he'd be watching or something, they'd know because they'd pull into the house and hear the satellite dish turning to try and get back to its original configuration and he had been in the room or whatever yeah so it may not it made it it may have been just the exorcist for all we know i do not know nor can i confirm you'll have to ask my mom that's another one where kids just they don't get it's so different now compared to then it was a whole we took what we can get back Crazy. then you know uh, okay, well, let's talk about you. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's talk about your career. Obviously, you've got so much going on right now. Um, but I was wondering, you know, while you were injured, obviously, you dealt with this torn peck. It was a lot. You were riding this career high. Um, what was it like mentally for you to suffer that while in such a big phase of your career? We might have spoke about this uh, after the Rumble. A but little I mean, bit, I yeah. Honestly, was just, yeah, I was just really embarrassed. I was, uh, this is going to sound, uh, maybe toxic and, uh, and it, it probably is toxic. Um, I, I've never been one who really fully is a big injury believer. Uh, it seems like I don't, I got the sense today when I was doing the management gig that wrestlers were getting hurt left and right. And I went, you know, a decade doing matches Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes Monday and Tuesday as well not getting hurt. So my sympathy for that wasn't always there. Um, and and I had, it developed a bit of a toxic mindset, whereas it was just tape it up and go. Not that that's toxic, but that's not necessarily what we need to be doing today, especially when we have a responsibility to our audience. Uh, and more than that, a responsibility to ourselves to be healthy and our families. 
uh, tape it up and go was always my outlook on doing it. When in reality, I was just very lucky that I had gone that long um, without a major injury. Uh, I was very lucky, um, nothing else to it. And my luck ran out uh, on a bench press, just trying to lift like I was 17 again, you know, and 20 years later, that doesn't necessarily work. And that's where my luck ran out. And I tore that thing and my mindset's been completely changed for what I hope is the better on how I approach everything now in terms of training and nutrition. But yeah, I was just very embarrassed. I was, I was very embarrassed. And I was even more, it was compounded by the fact that when I walked into Allstate Arena, you know, Chicago has been like a second hometown to me um, because of the things that I've been able to do there. I was very embarrassed when I walked in and saw that giant, giant poster of me for Hell in a Cell and then I, I saw the chairs with the same picture on them. And one of the, the building workers was setting the chairs up, asked me, is this you? That's so cool. And underneath my, my zip up at the time is just giant, nasty, bloody, whatever you'd call it, disfigured arm and chest that I had that just continued to grow. Um, I was just embarrassed. I, it's, it's one of those times where I thought, oh, well, I wanted to be uh, John Cena and, and, and Triple H and The Rock and these guys who help lead and, and, and direct the ship. I wanted to be that, but maybe I don't have what it takes. It's one of the few times confidence was really shaken with me. I was able to get my confidence back, no doubt, uh, but I have no problem admitting it was one of those moments where I, I, I felt really, I felt like a punk. Um, and uh, and I, I think I just wanted to, get through it not as quickly as I possibly could be in terms of the rehab and the timeline they had given me. I wanted to get through it in a way that meant I would be as healthy as I could possibly be when I could come back, that my conditioning would be peak, my mental conditioning would be there, uh, my wind in the ring, uh, my body, my physical, you know, the, the, my physique would be there. Uh, a big thing was my balance. I wanted to have better balance at this age, entering the prime of my career than I had when I started. And this past week, I was so excited. I was able to do a super cutter, you know, where you boing, boing to the top rope. And to see that I my balance is right back to where it was even better now. I feel like it was all about getting to a place like that, getting to moments like that where uh, injury, this injury happens, but I'm not going to be an injury prone person because I'm going to do everything I can to take care of myself. And great team you know your career grows so big that you can't call it your own anymore you got a you got a pt guy you got a trainer guy you got a diet guy you got all these guys you got all these people who just without one of them uh, you're not able to come out there when uh when your music hits and i'm that's that's money and time uh, well spent and i'd rec i recommend it to to my students and to any wrestlers who are really really doing everything they can to have that responsibility to the audience to, to flank yourself with the, the best people in nutrition and fitness and your mental health and, and the best just inspirational, good people around you. You know, my circle of friends in the business, the moment you start to be a, uh, just a complainer and not a doer, just a talker and not a walker, you're out. You know, I need, I need, I need the good energy. We all need it. I think, you know, with the people you just mentioned, like the Cena's, the Triple H's, the Rock's, all those guys who were the foundations of the company at a time, and you wanting to be like those guys, I mean, I think that it's not that they didn't get injured. I think it's how they dealt with adversity, which made them those top guys. And I think that in seeing sure. 
how you dealt with it, the speed in which you returned, the way you wanted, to, the way you wanted to come back even stronger. I think that to me is what shows that you are, you know, you do have the ability to be like one of those guys, and that um, just you know, a, a, an injury setback isn't necessarily the thing that doesn't make you one of them. I think that the way you dealt with that injury is what what shows that you are like those guys. Thank you. No, I was I. Thank you. I we've we've got a we've got a lot of work to do. You know, that was something I wanted to say after the rumble. And I ended up saying a hundred other thousand things in my epic overshare type fashion. But what I really wanted to say is the the, the work is not done. It's, it's just beginning. Um, if you learn anything from individuals who have who have been big bannermen for any any company in sports entertainment or pro wrestling is is the work doesn't end. And this is the perfect time uh, for me in my career, especially not having any other roles other than putting on my boots and my tights and, and delivering the 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 best match, the best bout, the best performance I can possibly deliver. Who are some of the people that kind of helped you get that confidence back that you had felt like you lost? Hmm. Gosh, uh, you know, I have this really bad habit of, uh, I can tell you all their first names, but I'm terrible about remembering people's uh, last names. Yeah, I'll tell you one who's not remotely connected with me in any way. I only saw him from, uh, from the chair to the screen, but I uh, I can pretty much uh, run you through uh, almost all the dialogue on not just the Rocky movies but the Creed movies as well. Uh, they they it had been since I was a little kid that I hit those and they they were they were needed needed for me at the time uh, in terms of overcoming whatever's you know in here and that adversity element of it. So from a from an entertainment standpoint, I went back to an oldie but a goodie with all the Rockies. My favorite being Rocky Three. If you're a uh, watcher of uh, Ryan's uh Ryan's product here please tell me why Rocky 3 is the best one and I'll and we'll we'll discuss it cuz it's just the absolute best cuz he loses he loses and then he has to get his cardio going it's a whole beautiful a uh, beautiful mess Rocky 2 is amazing too they're all amazing yeah it's um, hard it's hard to compare really, them all they're all so good they're all so good really i you know the people i had around me uh you know my uh my best friend uh who runs the nightmare factory with me QT um Loosely say best friend just because I don't that's yeah, I don't know. And then it's his <laughs> wife, Carolyn, uh, who's always helped me with diet and nutrition and been an outstanding trainer, particularly on on leg days for me. And then my, you know, I have her the number one people there who have been in terms of getting me to be confident again and kind of finding finding me is going to always be Brandy. I mean, truly, uh, it, it, it will be um, be because she doesn't take any uh bs you know be careful with how i word it but uh not not just a a, a buckhead betty in a sense that she's happy to to take the uh the check and uh and and go get her nails done and uh and uh you know do brunch every day she's a very extremely uh she is a a walker not a talker and she she was she was there to to tell me uh when it was time to dial in with uh with my dietitian when it was time to get on these two a days with my trainer Brad when she came and visited me at PT to make sure it was all um up to speed she, and her thought process on everything was Brandy wanted to make sure I left no stone unturned because I I didn't want to leave any doubt don't leave any doubt if there's in the past if I didn't get this moment and I have excuses for whatever reasons might be, this is one where you're going to have no excuses. Coming into the Royal Rumble, you win, you lose, whatever it might be, you can't have any excuses. Brandy, Brandy's always it uh, uh, for me, and uh, you know, there's uh, I'm 
I'm able to sit in this chair in the first place because of just her kind of selfless nature and a, and a very large sacrifice that she's made for me. And um, I just uh, cannot say enough nice things uh, about her. Uh, the nicest thing I'll tell you is if Brandy left me tomorrow, I would still love her for the rest of my life. Just she is the she's the she's the one you find the one and um and you do everything you can to to honor them and now with liberty i got to report back to those girls again no excuses we're going into wrestlemania the biggest wrestlemania of all time the largest gates i mean some of these measurables are going to come out on this event it's it's absolutely asinine to think of how big of an event this is it's so beautiful and and going into that uh with with so much pride about it but but there's there's a chance you can win and there's a chance you can lose there's a really big chance you can lose if you look at what roman's done and i, I want to go into that the same way i went into the rumble no excuses uh i, I want to have no doubt that i've done everything i can to prepare um as as a as an athlete for this match are we going to see Brandy at all on the roads to WrestleMania? We got her quickly in that video package, but I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing a little promo battle between her and Heyman. I, I, I like Brandy's oh. promos. I, uh, we always, from a professional standpoint, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, we always did, wanted to do everything separately. I think even one of the last interviews she had done uh, before I left, it was guy was making fun of me in the ring, and she she went out there and, didn't even need me anywhere near it. She very much can defend herself and can fight her own battles. Uh, very, very separate in that. No doubt, because uh, I always love your show being out of character, the sh the name of the show, Out of Character, whereas for me, I was thinking about that because I was watching some clips of you and Seth talking recently. I, there's no difference between in character me and out of character me. There's just, it's just me. Um, and uh, and part of that is the people who 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 surround me, you know, the people close to me in my in in my real life are also close to me on screen uh so I, I wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out but she absolutely loves loves watch what i'm doing she's got some stuff uh that she's working on secretly unrelated and i ain't gonna spoil it unrelated will not spoil it to this uh wonderful industry i'm in but you know definitely never say never all right i'll, I'll keep that in mind lastly on the topic mm -hmm. of you know your injury and your return um, you know, there were a lot of comparisons to the way, you know, in your return to the way that Triple H came back from his quad injury back in the day. What sort of conversations did the two of you guys have about how you both envisioned your return playing out? That's a great question. And now I feel like I don't know how much I'm supposed to answer because you don't want to you don't want to betray your brother's trust here. You know, I, here's what I here's what I can okay. say that he was extremely helpful with. I did not know if I wanted to come back as a surprise, which I had already done at Mania, or if I wanted to make it known that I was coming back. And I really liked, that was an area where I had truly no, no sense of the temperature. I really had no sense of, there's pros, there's cons, and you can make these pros and cons lists all day long, but I don't have to make that list because he's calling the plays. And if he's calling the plays and the play is I, I want them to know, um, then I, I was I thought that was extremely, uh, extremely what was needed for me. I, it, it was I needed to, to be to be coached again. I want to I want to play the game and, and he's the coach and he's going to put push me in the right directions. But he also uh, linked me with the appropriate people. And 
when I say appropriate people, this is a very anonymous company in a sense that it's one team, it's one ship. Uh, but you, I, I have no problem saying that Kevin Dunn, Adam Panucci, uh, JB, uh, there's, I'm going to miss a couple names along the line and I don't mean to, but this entire team who put together the series of, uh, videos or vignettes or whatever you'd like to call them leading back was very transparent with me as to what very let me in on the process of it. And that was, that was, that was extremely kind, gave me something to sink my teeth into while I was getting ready to come back and, and to really just put a camera there, be a fly on the wall for the reality of what's happening uh, coming back from an injury that was far worse than I had originally thought. And I didn't know how bad, you know, the tendon ruptures, ultimately the the type of chronic problems and struggles you can have if you don't deal with them correctly. But that, that was something that, that, uh, that Paul, that triple H was, was, he was dead on about. And you mentioned there's these parallels, uh, him coming back at WrestleMania 18, uh, if that's the case, I, I'm glad I came back in the best shape of my career. Uh, that that morning, I was at 8.6% body fat, down from 17% body fat, which was 17% body fat was peak injury, down to eight under 10. Um, is all it was always a goal goal of mine, but to get in the eights was amazing, and and I I feel like perhaps I honored that parallel because if you remember when he showed up at WrestleMania 18, oh holy shredded, holy <laughs> yeah. smokes. Um, and there's so many fun layers to it because this is the same period of time, I believe, when he's got the denim under the leather. <laughs> so there's leather, there's denim, there's, there's all these layers when you didn't need a single layer, just his, <laughs> his you know, looking looking like a beast man. I, I, I've really gotten into a little bit more into you know bodybuilding culture and, and fitness and physique. And one of the one of the reasons that I I really like it is because when you look at you know wrestlers, male or female, superstars, whatever we're using the, here, when you look at them, a really good way to tell how hard they're working is how they look. And listen, if you showed up and started in a robust fashion, not unlike the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, if that wasn't your thing, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the ones who are 20, 21, 22, who you can see the work. I mean, literally, that's my 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 life motto is do the work and there's something fun about seeing your physical goals manifest and i know it's not really popular today because it's it's i, I gotta remember the way my, my friend matt cardona who's all, another one who's in phenomenal shape always ready uh i think yeah always ready right which is a pre-workout apparently that he's gonna uh that's gonna be coming out i'm of not course. plugging things for him but i slightly plugged it anyways <laughs> I think he once referred to it as effort shamers. You know, you talk about like people who do body shaming and stuff, but then there's also these people out there who are effort shamers. Uh, if you're out there, if you're, if you're busting it to try and look your absolute best, uh, there's this whole, almost like you're a try hard and I, I'm, I'm fine. Put me in that category then, because to me, we're paid an absurd amount of money to be superheroes for the evening. And uh, I want to look, look like the, look like the damn best. So I've really gotten into just that, that culture and that world a little bit. Uh, Carolyn, who we mentioned, she, she, uh, she placed at an amateur bodybuilding competition uh, in Atlanta while I was out injured. And it was fun to kind of see that world and, and be part of it. And just, you know, and some of the similarities between that and uh, sports entertainment, pro wrestling. And it's also incredibly ironic because clearly 
my father was not into that side of the business at all. But uh, again, we're very different. Um, we, we, we share some things, a, a wild blood in common. But yeah, that's, uh, that wasn't his thing. It's, it's hopefully becoming mine. I love that you gave Adam Panucci a little love here. I feel like that's a name that has not gotten mentioned on here before, but I think that that guy doesn't get enough love for what he does. He's so good at those video packages. Yeah, and again, I don't know how much of this we can even use, but this is the guy who brought my way to to WWE. That's the greatest VTR of all time, and I actually think I mentioned it to him, and I don't think he realized when I say that. I mean, like, regularly parodied, regularly, like, redone for independence, almost frequently. It's a constant treadmill watch for current superstars and wrestlers because it's so so good the story is completely put together but also the feeling and the music something that i have no talent to put together that's this amazing talent he has and i i cannot wait uh and I'll obviously i'm gonna have to wait you know over the 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 next um the next 30 days or so so i cannot wait to see for this biggest wrestlemania of all time uh what that team cooks up uh KD and his team is truly amazing. I know everyone likes to remain anonymous, but those are their rules and not mine. An amazing team who's been amazing to me. Um, you know, I also, when I when I interviewed you backstage at the Royal Rumble, I thought it was cool. I, it was your mom was back there, right? Yeah. She looked so proud. She was like watching you do everything. She looked so proud. It was so cool to see her just up in the mix. Yeah. Um, she can't miss this stuff, you know, uh, I give her a really hard time. It's like a, people who follow me know, I, you know, my mom, if you've ever seen the movie Despicable Me, that opening scene where he was like building all these inventions and she's just kind of blowing them all off and not impressed. It was very similar in a sense that my mom is not easy to shake. She's not easy to impress. Uh, and clearly she was married to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and met him at the height of his fame in Florida for championship wrestling from Florida. So she's heard a pop. She's she's heard her share of them and and not easily shaken um, for her to see it um, was was really special. And uh, and and for her to be there, I just want her to be there, whether whether she loves it or whether she thinks it's good. Good is usually as as high as you get with her. We haven't got to great. Uh, but if it's good, then uh, that 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 makes my world because. I get so much, you know, I give my mom a hard time all the time. She knows it. I get far more. I feel like Dustin got everything from Dusty. Teal got everything from Dusty. Kristen got everything from Dusty. I feel like I get everything from my mom. Everything. My sense of uh, how I approach work, uh, so many of the morals and values and just the quirks that that make me who I am come from my mom more than anything that comes from uh, from Dusty. And um and uh, and I I just wanted to to see it all, you know. It's it's essentially as hard as getting elected president to be going on last uh, at at a WrestleMania. And uh, and when she told me I was going to end up dead or in jail for going to the Independence in 2016, uh, it's kind of a fun like, see, we it, it all it all it all worked out, uh, Mimi. Uh, it all worked out. And uh, I I just wanted to to be there for this ride. And she'll never have to come to another show. Uh, uh, ever again, but she is going to have to sit in the front row at the showcase of the, of the immortals and, uh, and see how I do. I, I was backstage at the show and I was walking around and stuff cause I was doing interviews back there. And it amazed me after the show where I saw like that, 
surveillance footage of Ricky Starks backstage because I was like, I didn't even see him backstage. I don't know how this got out. I was so confused. I was like, this is crazy. How did this even, yeah. who did that? Well, I'll take full, my fault. Uh, it was a friend coming to see me in a very big, truly emotional moment. You, again, you, you, to lose your confidence as an athlete, as a fighter, or an entertainer, whatever it is, to, to get back up off the mat and, and not just get back up. You've got to be at the level you were. Uh, I, I liked having uh, people in my circle around me. But uh, I think also that will be the only time anyone from another company is ever present because it creates a conversation that is not accurate. Uh, it creates a outlook. This was my friend, my very, as I've once referred to him, he's very Trelawney, Red Dead Redemption 2. He's friends with everybody somehow, some way, always got an angle. But he, uh, I want, you know, he he wanted to be there in support and he should have stayed his, uh, his butt on the bus, but he did not. And because of that, no friends at, uh, at work anymore. I'm just going to have to just stay with my, I, I may, I'll make some new friends at WWE so that there's not random surveillance photo, photos of them and I walking uh, backstage. That was crazy. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen something like that. I was very confused as to how that, who, why. You know, you're, you know, you're, yeah, you know, you're pretty popular, I guess, when people are, you know, making a story out of that. So I guess good. I guess good for the Rick man. Out of all the things, though, to pull off the surveillance footage, I was just thinking like that's that's what they pull. I'm, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, yep. I only have a little bit of time left with you. So I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap this up, um, you know. In this road to WrestleMania, obviously, and I, you talked about it on TV, too. There's this whole Sami Zayn thing where it's kind of changed the conversation a little bit. Uh, what yeah. was it like for you seeing so much of the hardcore fan base advocate for Sammy kind of getting this moment that you've been working so hard towards the past year? I, I looked at it as a, I think you look at things as a, I looked at it as a challenge is probably the, the best way to, to look at it and not a negative challenge, a challenge of um, Sammy's doing amazing things. Uh, you've got to, you didn't just buy yourself some future spot. You've got to get back in there and show people uh, exactly what you can do. And actually the photo you have now is, is a, was a really fine moment for me because what a great problem to have when you have two very strong characters. Uh, and one of the worst things we can do as a, as a community is try and turn the characters against one another. Uh, I, I actually heard, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually think I heard uh, Inferno Disco say, what a great problem to have. And that is a really, truly great problem to have. Now, Sammy uh, got his shot in, in Montreal in his hometown and came as close as anyone. Uh, Drew maybe is very similar in terms of being close. And Sammy and I have a real genuine relationship. I, I never looked at it in a sense that I thought anything of well if uh if they love him and if i have been so lucky that they love me in this moment too i better make sure i give them the absolute best and again uh leave no doubt i never once looked at it as a problem i i looked at it as a a challenge and for wwe as a whole a great problem uh to have and i think brooklyn you know every show is a little more telling but brooklyn uh in in the barclays center was 
that filled me with confidence as far as their belief in what he's doing and their belief in what I'm doing. There are stories to be finished here for both sides. And the worst thing you can do is turn those against each other. And as we stood there, I thought, well, I'd love to wrestle this guy. I would love to wrestle this guy because, you know, Sammy wasn't sweating me uh, when I was stardust and rightfully so he didn't need to, he was coming up from NXT and on a roll. Uh, it's a different person now. So very much it's a match that I look, I, I look forward to when, and if it ever happens uh, with somebody like a, a, a Sammy Zayn, he's a next level performer and he's even a more of an elite next level human being. It's going to be like the one thing people pull from this interview is that you complimented disco Inferno. Oh, I said his name wrong. I'm sorry. Well, no. he, he, he said it's a great, great problem to have. And I feel like, yeah, that, that's that's true from a business standpoint. For We've wanted somebody to to knock this guy off. We've wanted somebody to dethrone him. Roman has really become Floyd Mayweather in a sense that the story becomes about the other guy. Can he do it? Can he do it? Can he do it? And then the underneath story is no one can do it. No one's been able to do it. He's that good. Uh and I, I hope I can be the one to change that um, at WrestleMania. Yeah, I've I've also felt like, you know, for so long, it was like, well, is there anyone who even is a possibility to take Roman Reigns' position? And for so long, people would say no. Like, I don't know if, if they've been properly built up yet or if people have enough momentum or fan support. Yeah. And having two people now that, could possibly do that is awesome like there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever that's what you want to have happen as a wrestling fan and i and i'd kind of frame it to you this way in terms of at some point somebody's going to ask me why why it's me to do the impossible if i was able to do the impossible and really honestly how i look at everything in terms of my thing as a wrestler my calling card as a wrestler is i take things that people say cannot be done and I do them. And if you have any doubt about that, take a look at where I've been for the last, what has it now been, seven years. When the goalposts move, I still put it through. And if we're in another situation like this where hilariously bets against me once more, fair enough. Uh, at this point, everyone should know, try not to bet against me. Because if you do, and if you're loud enough about it, I don't care how far of a field goal it is, I'm going to put it through. I think, you know, when you were having your promo with Heyman a few weeks ago and you talked about being a disruptor too, it's that's just kind of how disruptors are in, in that regard. Like they they wanna they they don't they like to prove everybody wrong. wild blood is a way somebody referred to it the other day. I think uh it might have been Freebird who was telling me, man, like you're like talking about me and the the old man saying you got wild blood, you know, and I don't feel that way. I feel yeah, I'm a father now. I'm gonna I feel like maybe I'm kind of entering adulthood finally. Uh, but yeah, it's in there for sure. Oh, it's in there for sure. Cause I even remember those days when you were when you were in disruptor mode and you know, you were the one kind of uh, leading that war charge to some degree of just kind of like raising the flag and like we're 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 doing something different. We're we're changing this we're changing the status quo. And it was always like Dog, it, you're gonna... it, it made me go to Chicago twice and I'd never been there because I was like, I'm gonna it... go there for this. If you're going to run at each other in battle, you don't want to be one of the guys standing in the back. You don't want to be up on the hill. You want to be the one giving the speech and, and, and going in and, uh, and living to fight another day. I want to know, you know, right now, WrestleMania is a couple weeks away. Are you feeling a lot of pressure knowing, you know, you talked about all these huge gates and all these big numbers that are going to come out. 
Do you feel pressure in in seeing that, knowing that you're about to headline pop, pretty much the biggest WrestleMania of all time? I've been telling everyone um, the way I've been looking at it is I'm I'm either in two frames of mind. I'm either in the zone or I'm in a total fog. One, the fog, the latter being a problem, being in the zone, being something that that benefits me. I really do think it's the former. Uh, because I've, you know, the measurables on this event do make it the biggest WrestleMania of all time. It's going to go down uh, from a financial standpoint, from an overall success point, from an economic endpoint, an economic impact standpoint, all these things that are going to come out. It's the biggest to ever happen. It's in Hollywood, a city that I went to at 19 years old that chewed me up, spit me out. And here I am able to come back and stand there in front of, you know, nearly 90,000 people and and have a moment whether it's my moment or it's his moment to have a moment i think the more i talk about it like now as i'm sitting here the more my you start to feel it and your shoulders start to actually feel some sort of physical weight but here's why i don't want to lean into pressure and succumb to it is this is my first trip to going on last at the showcase of the immortals. I do not want it to be my last. This is Romans seventh. Is this the seventh? Sounds right. That's 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 a dynasty. That 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 is an absolute dynasty. That is the greatest champion of you and my generation on paper. Now you can have your opinions and all that, but on paper, no one's topping him. No one. He's not feeling that pressure, unless it's a pressure of wanting to keep it going. The pressure he's feeling. Is this is a this is a regular day for him? Oh, wake up and uh, and uh, you know comb my beard and slick my hair back, and I uh, I main event WrestleMania. That's what I do. Uh, that's not something I've ever been able to say. So I won't succumb to the pressure uh, because I know he's not going to. And I think it's one of the factors in why this is going to be one of the biggest and best matches, bell to bell, uh, of of all time because the level of athletes that we both are. And, and what it means for both of us uh, to win. Because I d- don't believe a wrestler if they tell you it's not about winning or losing. It's about, it's, it's about winning. And, uh, and we both want to win. You excited to finally get that face-to-face this week on SmackDown? I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited in a really good spirits. I mean, and, and sometimes that's uh, ignorance can be bliss sometimes in a sense where these guys have just walked over uh, individuals and pummeled individuals and tied them up to ropes and beat people half to death out in the ring. I, I sometimes put a blinder onto all that, which is dumb on my behalf, but I still have a really incredible respect for Mr. Heyman and obviously a respect for, for our current undisputed champion, that being Roman. Uh, I, I'd hope it's, him and I, and I know he 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 comes flanked with the bloodline, and and he has he has that. But I, I hope we uh, we reserve this moment for for a lovely lovely arena there in Washington D.C. that I know very very well and have a deep history with. I hope we reserve this moment for just for just him and I, because I know there's some things I'd love to share with him, and perhaps there's some things he'd like to share with me. Cody. I appreciate this so much. It was great chatting with you again. Obviously, you know I'm a big fan of yours, so. Love getting you on the show here, and uh, good luck at WrestleMania, dude. I can't wait to be there for it. Brian, thank you very, 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 very much for having me. This is our second time on 
out of character, right? Yes, second time. I, I hope uh, I hope I can be here on a, a third time, and uh, hopefully the uh, titles you have uh, on your desk can uh, can be on my shoulders. That would that would mean a lot to me in terms of the goals I've set for myself. So thank you very much for having me. For number three, we'll talk about early '90s WCW much more. That that's what I was going to try and get into, but we ran out of time yes. here. Well, what were you going to ask about early '90s WCW? I was just going to ask this who you think. Studio, so. I was just going to ask who you think's the most underrated wrestler from that time period because I know you love watching early '90s WCW. Uh, probably Brad Armstrong was was really underrated. Brian Pillman extremely uh, underrated. Uh, um, Buff Bagwell, Marcus Bagwell, uh, coming in as a full rookie, underrated. Uh, a lot of underrated. Johnny B. Bad in terms of the reactions he was getting and what he was doing. Also underrated. DDP is highly rated, but is still underrated. Uh, if we're looking at early 90s WCW, which was really Sting and Steiners uh, dominated in terms of if you had Sting or the Steiners on a show, it was going to be an absolute uh, barn burner. But yeah, Brad Armstrong was one that I thought was was definitely underrated. Barry Windham, B-Dubs was, was underrated, of course. Arn Anderson as the television champion, uh, unbelievable run. And then the guy who stands there in Gorilla to help you become a better wrestler currently, that being William Regal, uh, also very underrated. So essentially everyone, everyone. <laughs> Under well, underrated, but you know, and I'd, I'd even say Muda was under. I'd even say Muda was underrated, but now everyone's got Muda on the brain, so Muda this, Muda that. Uh, but yeah, there was there was a lot of talent for a young me to watch and and be enamored with. I started watching kind of like right after that in the Attitude Era, and when I go back and I I watch early '90s WCW before bed pretty much every night, and uh, Brad yeah. Armstrong is the one I always say to myself like that would have been my guy. That guy rules. What is I'm absolutely had every had everything. And it's kind of one of those tales where it's not just having everything, whether you've got the, the good look, the good conditioning, the good in-ring ability. Sometimes luck just has to strike. Uh, and that's what I've been telling everybody when it comes to my current situation. I really am just lucky, just lucky and blessed that it gets to be me. And now moving forward, I want to make it me. Uh, and 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 push it beyond luck because as someone who doesn't believe necessarily in luck in a Han Solo type fashion I I know for a fact I'm very lucky to be here and truly blessed wow yes I, man I, that's awesome to hear and if I keep going my producer's probably going to get mad at me so I'm gonna, what's your producer's name I'm gonna wrap it up she literally just said in my ear wrap it up Brian so I got her go. name Rhea She's the one that we you saw her she was the one that was with me at the Royal Rumble oh the the, the high five yes the high five yes. We were wrapping each other up, and I went to give her a high five. Yes. <laughs> Got it. There's another well, one. My guy, Steve. Steve, Steve, you want to come say hi? Yes. You want to come over here? Steve's going to come over here. Okay. So it's, this is Steve. This is Steve You Say hi, Steve. Hey, what's up, Ryan? The camera guy, and he didn't even Steve, get in the shot. Steve was, at, Steve was on go. an episode of Shark Tank once. <laughs> he was on Shark Tank once. Ray, come here. Ray, come here. She's coming over. Good. We're getting everyone involved. She's coming. She's coming right now, I've been told. <laughs> Why is she telling you to wrap it up? Where's she got to go? But we share the studio with a bunch of people. There we go. Yeah, she's, oh, it's she's like, here. get out. Rent. <laughs> yeah. She, she, he, hey. She, she can't hear you. I don't have the speakers here like you do. But this Here, is let's go producer. for that high five. Yeah, Come to the camera. We'll get our high five. Get it, get it, get it. Here it is. <laughs> we got it. That's our high five. <laughs>
Thanks, guys. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate it. Have a great one. Thank you very much. Peace. See ya. Bye. Later. Bye, Steve. All right. That was my conversation with Cody Rhodes. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. It got a little wild there at the end, but you got to meet my producer now. You got to meet Cody's producer. A lot, a lot happened there. You got a peek behind the scenes, so I hope you enjoyed that. Before we get out of here, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed. So if you're watching this on video right now on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, pick up your phone because I know it's near you. I know it's 2023 and your phone's not in the other room. Pick it up and go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed because if you're not subscribed and you're only watching this Out of Character show every week on video, I appreciate it, but you're missing out on Raw and SmackDown Roundup podcast that I do every Monday night and every Friday night. So you don't want to miss those. You want to hear me give you all of those hot, juicy takes on everything that happened on those shows. So make sure you pick up the phone and you go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed. And if you're already subscribed, I appreciate it. But make sure you leave a review or a rating as well. It does help out a lot, and it also lets other people know this show doesn't suck. So just go do it. I appreciate it. Also, if you are watching on video on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed here as well. If you just happen to click on the link from social media and you're here and you're not subscribed, it doesn't take that much time. You push the button and you're good to go. You're going to get clips from Raw and SmackDown every week on YouTube. You're going to get this show on video every Wednesday, YouTube shorts, and so much more. So make sure that you are subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. And while you're just in this following, subscribing spree, make sure you follow us on social media as well, at WWE on Fox on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tap it out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another episode of Out of Character.